This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Speaking of Writers on Capital Region Sunday. I'm Steve Richards. In their New York Times bestseller, Lincoln's Last Trial, ABC News Chief Legal Affairs anchor Dan Abrams and bestselling author David Fisher unearthed a little-known chapter from the life and career of America's most revered president, shedding new light on his national ascendancy. Now in Theodore Roosevelt for the defense, the courtroom battle to save his legacy. This team returns to resurrect another seminal case in presidential history, a 1915 libel case brought against Teddy Roosevelt that rocked the nation and American politics. Dan Abrams is the chief legal affairs correspondent for ABC News, as well as the host of the top-rated live PD on A&E Network and the Dan Abrams Show, where politics meets the law. Graduate of Columbia University Law School, he is CEO and founder of Abrams Media, which includes the Law and Crime Network, makes his home in New York. David Fisher, the author of 25 New York Times bestsellers. Happy to have Dan Abrams join me now here on Speaking of Writers. Dan, welcome to this program. Thank you so much. Great to be with you. So what were the basic facts about this civil case? So William Barnes was a Republican Party leader. He was the, called the boss of the Republican Party in New York, and he'd been for a while nationally as well. And Roosevelt had accused him of being corrupt, and he sued Roosevelt. In 1914, Roosevelt basically said that he was in cahoots with the head of the Democratic Party to make sure they didn't lose power, to make sure that, for example, U.S. senators were not elected directly by voters, but instead were just picked by state legislatures, which they controlled. And Roosevelt was, was supporting the candidacy of a third-party candidate for governor of New York in this context. But he was clearly going after the system and going after Barnes. And Barnes sued him for $50,000, and Roosevelt, in the end, had to move up to Syracuse, New York, for six weeks, the former president of the United States, testifying for eight days um, in this case that ended up being about much more than just these allegations. So part of the plaintiff's strategy was to turn the tables on Roosevelt and to say, you call this corruption, you engage in the exact same sort of behavior. And they really went after him personally, asking him about, you know, whether he filed taxes properly in New York when he was uh, leading up to his time as governor. Was he eligible uh, to even be governor at the time, um, et cetera. So it was really it was a case that became much more important to Roosevelt than just a basic libel trial. We're chatting with Dan Abrams here on Speaking of Writers, he along with David Fisher, who's written the book Theodore Roosevelt for the Defense, The Courtroom Battle to Save His Legacy. So, Dan, what were Barnes' underlying motives in bringing the case? Well, Barnes had his eye on running for governor himself. Um, I still think that he was probably convinced to file this lawsuit by his attorney, um, Ivans, who ended up representing him. Because 
it's so risky for him to go up against Teddy Roosevelt. And, you know, he clearly, and I think most people expected that he was going to win, that the question was going to be how much. And even if he wins, is it going to be worth it? If he wins, you know, $20, if he wins a symbolic verdict, was it, was it worth it? And, th- and I think that asking those questions makes you wonder how much influence Ivan's had, because a lot of people that he asked suggested he not do it. Say, you know, be careful. I don't know that you're really going to want to sue Teddy Roosevelt. This could really get ugly for you. And considering that his goal was future political aspirations, knowing that he was going to be mucked up as part of the defense, there was that immediate risk that makes you wonder, um, you know, not just about motivations, but about the kind of advice that he was getting on filing the lawsuit. Last year when we talked, we were talking about your New York Times bestseller, Lincoln's Last Trial. How different was the task of writing about this Roosevelt case from the Lincoln one? So with the Lincoln case, you know, both cases, the, the heart of the story came from the transcript. But in the Lincoln case, it was a 100-page handwritten transcript that was you know, eventually typed out uh, in later years. But it was, it was initially just shorthand. And it was only of witnesses, no opening statements, no closing arguments, no verdict, no pretrial motions. And so here we had not just the 3,000-plus page transcript of the entirety of the trial, including the pretrial motions, but we also had extensive newspaper coverage of the trial, much more so than in Lincoln's day. So it allowed us to really flesh it out more in this case. Uh, not only because the transcript is, is so rich, but because we have these reporters from around the country who are at the trial describing what it was like outside the courtroom, what the jurors' reactions were, uh, you know, what Roosevelt was doing on the weekends. So it allows us to tell the story of the six weeks in a, in a much deeper way than we could uh, with the Lincoln trial. My guest is Dan Abrams here on Speaking of Writers. He, along with David Fisher, have written the book, Theodore Roosevelt for the Defense, The Courtroom Battle to Save His Legacy. Dan, how would the law change between Lincoln's and Roosevelt's and present, uh, present day? So these days, it is much harder for a public figure to win a lawsuit. William Barnes, the plaintiff here, was undoubtedly a public figure, the head of the Republican Party, etc., And then, the moment the judge ruled that it was defamatory, otherwise known as libel per se, the burden shifted to Roosevelt to prove that it was true. Now, you would have to, I think this case would likely be dismissed before trial, because Barnes would have um, had to show that Roosevelt knew or should have known, reckless disregard for the truth, that what he was saying wasn't true. And I don't think there's any question that Roosevelt believed what he was saying was true. Um, And so that's a fundamental protection that's been added in a big Supreme Court case called uh, New York Times versus Sullivan that provides more protection for the media or for people who are making comments about public figures. 
Chatting with Dan Abrams, he along with David Fisher have written the book Theodore Roosevelt for the defense, the courtroom battle to save his legacy. How did you get together with David, Dan? So David actually came to me with the first project. Um, you know, he's, he came to me and said, you know, you're not going to believe it, but uh, there's this transcript out there. Uh, it's the only one that exists of any case Lincoln ever argued. It's a fascinating murder trial from nine months before, the, before he got the Republican nomination. It was only discovered in the garage of the great-grandson of the defendant in 1989, and no one's written about it. I said to him, come on. What do you mean no one's written about the, the only transcript that exists of, of a Lincoln trial? And he was right. And so we ended up doing that project together. And then in that context, said, let's, hey, let's see if we can find other transcripts that have been underreported and underappreciated throughout history. And that's how we came up with uh, Roosevelt for the Defense. And we're working on uh, two other books as well. Two other books. You, you stay busy with ABC News. Of course, the phenomenal success of Live PD and A&E Network, your Dan Abrams show as well. How do you find time to write? You know, it's, it's during downtime. It's mostly weekends. I have to block out time. Yeah. So I, I block out time where I say I'm not going to do anything else. And because that's the only way you can do it when you're working on a book. It's like you, you can't be distracted. And so particularly, you know, the way David and I work together is we both take the, the original transcript and I send him usually, you know, uh, 30-something pages of notes on the Roosevelt book on here are the key elements. I think this is the key point, et cetera. And then we meet about structure, et cetera. And he'll come back to me with something. And we go back and forth. And so far it's worked out great. And Dan, what parallels can you draw from this 100-year-old Roosevelt case and what we are seeing today? Well, a lot of the issues that come up in the case are the similar ones to, to issues we have today. Money in politics, corporate influence over politics, expectations of a political leader who gets a donation. Uh, those are critical issues in the trial and critical issues uh, today. And they were grappling with them back then, trying to figure out how to deal with them, same way we are today. So there's, there's 100% similarity. I mean, there's really absolutely similarities there on the issues they're facing. And then, you know, when you look at Theodore Roosevelt, uh, there are definitely comparisons on sort of the broader scale um, to Donald Trump today. Um, you know, many people have compared Trump to Roosevelt, and in some ways, uh, absolutely rightly so. I mean, you know, on everything from the way he would insult opponents to calling out judges to, um, you know, you know his, his uh, disdain at times for the media and yet his recognition of the influence of the media. Um, and then on the flip side, you know, Roosevelt was a great conservationist. And uh, that's, you know, not something that's been a priority for Donald Trump. And Roosevelt cared enormously about uh, honesty um, and Again, I think that even uh, Trump supporters would say that, uh, you know, the things that he's not being honest about are not that significant, et cetera. But, but Roosevelt uh, would be horrified by some of that. So there are definitely areas where you, you will see um, real aspects, executive power. He believed enormously. Congress was sort of a nuisance, that, that the judges were a nuisance. And, you know, that's the way Donald Trump seems to, to take it as well. And so, so there are, you know, there are, there are comparisons um, on both sides with regard to where we are today. Dan, thank you for joining me.
I appreciate it. Thank you. Dan Abrams here along with David Fisher. Uh, the new book out, Theodore Roosevelt for the Defense, the Courtroom Battle to Save His Legacy. And you can get more info on Dan Abrams at dan-abrams.com. And that is Speaking of Writers in Capital Region Sunday, a production of Town Square Media for this week. We'll be back again next week with another edition. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve Richards.